Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been the long-awaited, well, maybe not so long-awaited, depending on uh, what time zone you're in. Just kidding. It's the same amount of time regardless. Welcome back to another episode of Teen It Up with CNB. I'm Mr. C, <laughs> as always. Sorry, I got a cat in my throat, hair in my throat, however the saying goes. Um, I'm here, as always, with Vladdy. What's going on, man? How was your week off from the show? How was your turkey day? How have you been? in your extended absence from the show i've been pretty good um you know that thanksgiving week's nice um kind of relaxed had a very dull week at work really only worked monday tuesday um everything else was nice i felt like it was almost like a vacation again it was nice uh, that was cool it's good to see friends who are who might be living across the country at this point i'm sure you had the same same situation um but other than that, though, nothing really out of the ordinary. Just another uh, another kind of week chugging along. I'm I, I forget if I uh, if I've said this on here before, but I'm currently continuing my process to become kind of a direct contract or direct employee hire General Dynamics. So uh, yesterday I had my uh, big pee in a cup test and beginning the background check. So hopefully they don't find out I'm some like domestic terrorist or something. Don't, I don't think mm-hmm. I would be, but we'll see. Very good. Very good. Um, so let's hop right into it since obviously we missed a lot. Um, we're going to start with college football today because that's the season or the regular season wrapped up, um, this past Saturday, um, for all teams. So we missed two weeks. However, pretty much, uh, I think we could, it's kind of nonsensical to talk about the week prior at this point. Um, that given that never we happened. The, yeah, that never the happened. pictures, the pictures set. Um, rivalry week was the week to actually talk about. So we'll kind of dive into that. Um, as far as major events, I think we start with the Holy Grail, uh, the, the game that's literally called the game, Michigan 45, Ohio State 23, an absolute ruckus of big time plays. JJ McCarthy um, finally has what feels like a coming out party. I feel like for Michigan fans, myself, not included um, and that they were just able to get the big play. A time and time again, the here's my thoughts before I'll give it to you. It it really looked like in the first half, Ohio State, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with my voice? Uh, Ohio State was probably the better team, and they went into halftime, if I'm not mistaken, tied or down up by three. Up, up three. Up I'm three. pretty sure it was 2017. Right. right. So they went up three, and I think Michigan could have easily been down 10. 13 at that point they kind of towards the end of the second half worked their way back into it but for at least the first quarter and a half I thought it was mostly Ohio State Michigan was getting third and longs converting on third and longs where it looked like Ohio State was just kind of getting down the field and they got a couple field goals instead of touchdowns out of it which ultimately hurt them because you do need to convert on those believe it or not eventually Um, but then the second half came in and Ohio State forgot how to move the football um, and then Michigan just kept getting big play after big play. They consistently eight clock while still getting these, I believe, I think they had three touchdowns over 50 yards. They had like, I want to say they had like five at the end of it because there was the two long runs and the two passes. No. Yeah. No, I, I didn't want to say a number that like, I didn't want to say, I thought it was four. Yeah. No, I wasn't sure how, how long, cause long could be 40, but like, I mean, the first couple, they had the long Edwards run that was at least 70 yards. And then they had the one passing play at the tight end that was probably 65-70. So they had a bunch of long plays. Yeah. Um, the game, 
Uh, I know you're you're Mr. Closeted Michigan man, so you were really excited. Um, Not true. It's just <laughs> no. a take where uh, uh, people who make fun of me for being a Michigan fan, I can express my take. I had a take. They were a good team. They went out and they proved they might be the best damn team in the country. <laughs> they went out and they stuck it to their rival. They did it. I'm not a fan. My take was good. They're a good football team and I stand by it. Listen to this podcast, folks. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that, that was good. But no, the um, you're absolutely correct. Um, the game itself, like you mentioned, the first half was a little bit more controlled. It felt like Ohio State, I don't want to say sold out to stop the run, but they played a lot of kind of throw seven, eight people in the box and just leave your corners on an island, which when you're running around with a college Jeff Okuda, college Denzel Ward, Damon Arnett, when you have those first round talent players, you're allowed to do that. Coupled with obviously they back in those days, they had the Bosa's and Chase Young. So it was a little bit different team, but yeah, they, they stopped the run pretty well. I mean, Corum, obviously Corum in the first half for like two snaps before getting hurt, but Donovan Edwards didn't really do much. It was like, like we said, those, uh, those kind of passes where they just, they sold out to stop the run. You get man, you get man, you get one-on-one and they couldn't win their battles, but it was, the second half was kind of tough because I think while Ohio State kept it, they kept, I mean, they kept it close for most of it. It goes like, I want to say the third quarter and even into the fourth was kind of before they started breaking all those long runs followed by interceptions. Yeah, it was just it was, at the I want end. to say it was a 10-point game with like yeah. seven minutes left. So. Yeah, they they were – I mean, again, they, same thing. They sold out to stop the run because you expect Michigan up by 10 with, like you just said, five minutes left. You expect them to run the ball. And you sell out to stop the run. Someone overcommits. They leave a, they leave a hole. Donovan Edwards cuts back. And then six, five seconds later, he's in the end zone, 100 yards away. So – you know, it was a it was a clean game by Michigan. It was it, I I just remember I texted uh I texted my friend Matt uh the Lencioni's and Aaron, and it was right after I think it was number eighty eight. The guy when he headbutted the Michigan player, the second I saw that text, I sent into their little group chat their little group chat, and I was like, guys, this game is over. Michigan has won, and Matt kind of responded. He's like, what are you talking about? It's a four point game in the third quarter. I was like. This is correct. It's not about the situation. It's about the signs. Ohio State completely unraveled. You watch them make the mental mistakes, the emotional mistakes that you for almost probably a decade watch Michigan players make when playing Michigan Mm -hmm. State or Ohio State. They're frustrated because something's not going their way. They're frustrated because maybe the talent's not there. Maybe they're physically getting beat down and they commit a stupid penalty and send you 15 yards down the field. And I saw that happen. I was like, guys, it's done. And then they got a se- and then they had a second unsportsman like penalty ten minutes later, and Ohio's and then they like I said they start overcommitting, leaving gaps, and just it was a clinic by Michigan. I hate this, I hate them, but I will acknowledge it when I see it. That was immensely impressive. They might be the best team in the country, like you just said. Georgia will probably get the nod just because they're Georgia, and yeah, I think I think Georgia's a slightly better team. Possibly, but, so, but I, I, a mutual friend said it would be a 10 and a half, 11 point spread. I said, oh, no, it's no, I think, it's I, think touchdown, I think Michigan, maybe. I think Georgia is maybe a five point, team, five point spread against yeah. Michigan. But no, so that, the, the, I mean, I guess what I would say is Ryan Day on the coaching hot seat. That's really interesting to see that a coach who has maybe three losses in his career is on the hot seat. But if you lose to Michigan three years in a row at Ohio State, you cannot continue your job. 
Yeah, it's so it's so absurd. It's so absurd because we you say losing to Michigan, you can't do that. Like as much as it is kind of Michigan's won two in a row now. It's their it's their Big Ten at this point. It is. I mean, barring a colossal collapse on Saturday, to no, I don't think that matters. Uh, whether you true. send Purdue to the Rose Bowl or not, I don't care. Uh, it's, true. it's Michigan's Big true. Ten. True. Uh, but Harbaugh is still what two and two and six against Ohio State. Yeah, but he's two, two and five. one against Ryan Day now. Two and one against Ryan. Urban okay, Meyer's so. gone. Um, yeah. I mean, he might not be for long. I don't know if you saw the fans in the post game chanting "We want Urban." Is he sitting there pissed? But <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he'll, he'll ever go. Back I don't to think that he would. Game. I'm just saying. Yeah. I I see. I blame him for this. If he wasn't an if he wasn't a problematic person, if he was just like a regular human being, Jim Harbaugh would still have zero wins against Ohio State, and it'd be awesome. Yeah, but it's I, it's interesting because I don't know if the wins are so much because of like Ryan Day being that much worse. I, I like I don't know if the team is really that much is the team really that much different than an Urban Meyer team? Or is it just the you're saying the execution as a coach at the end of the day or the coaches he has around him? I mean coaching, toughness. Yeah. Maybe. I used to defend it, but maybe there's something I don't know. It's it, it's it's different. I, I like I, I know I've said this in the past that Ryan Day changed Ohio State in the sense that he made them more of that Oklahoma type team that'll go Skill, score yeah. sixty on yes per guys. I think that's probably it. finesse versus physicality. I think might be right. a good way of doing it. Right, but guess guess who's embraced in a in a college football that is no longer that. Guess who's embraced being just this like robotic, physical, pounded machine on both sides of the ball. That's Michigan. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Jim Harbaugh has. He's he's. I don't even say he's necessarily embraced it. He's never changed. It's, True. Michigan was always running two tight end sets. They were always running the ball. It's just when they they just maybe they didn't have the speed on defense because I mean they still recruited incredibly high level. Maybe the speed wasn't there. I, maybe the off maybe the offensive line was there. I don't know necessarily what's changed in like because like I feel like they play the same way. Maybe it's the they're not making mistakes. Whatever it might be, it's. Hats off to him. Congratulations. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say. I mean, Ohio say State. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'll say this. You want to joke about my fandom? Yeah, I was I was probably rooting for Michigan. And I, I'm not a Michigan fan. I don't care for them in general. This year, I was embracing a take that people took as me being a fan of them and that I, I said from the start, they're legit. They're a top three team in the country. I said from the start, uh, despite the schedule and they have been, and they've proven that that's why I appreciate it. I'll say this. The first thing that popped in my head, even though I was happy that they won was, Oh my God, if they win a national championship, I, I, I don't know what I, I would be. So, so, emotionless so dead inside it would literally be one of the worst things that happened to happen in my sporting life like oh, sport watching life i i join you right there um i i was i was obviously i'd probably get a plane ticket maybe move to papua new guinea or cambodia or something you know i just delete all social it's media and just maybe just manage a bar or something you know just live the simple life, and I would just say I, I can't I, I can't watch Jim Harbaugh lift that. Oh God, that's uh, that's an even worse picture. 
At least yeah, we don't. But, at least there's no Aiden Hutchinson to like. Like that would be even worse. They don't have a truly. Although I will say, like JJ McCarthy, kind of tr- triggers he's close. me because he, he's close. He's close to the Aiden Hutchinson, Chase Winovich of uh, that kind of guy you like. You want to hit with a chair. Yeah, he he's just uh, he just triggers me because of the like he looks like he's sixteen still. <laughs> I know he's only nineteen twenty, but like he looks like a baby. It does, but. Now let's let's move on to kind of the. I mean, I, I think that's really kind of the only game that's really notable to talk about from last week, and I think more so we look forward to the conference championships and kind of how that affects the the playoff picture. Yeah, I was just gonna bring up real quick. Um, Michigan State did uh, lose to Penn State, uh, a game that the, wasn't quite as indicative. Of, I believe they lost by twenty. Um, the game was uh, similar to the Michigan game. I believe it was a four or five point game with six minutes left. And they just kind of got a couple quick touchdowns off of Payne Thorne pick. Not so much the game I really wanted to talk about, but uh, that makes Michigan five and seven for the season. They will likely not get a bowl game. There's no, they don't have a chance. Uh, um, no, UNLV, UNLV won a game and uh, Michigan State season's done. Okay. So yeah. there you go. Michigan State will officially not get a bowl game. Uh I've said it all – another take I've said all year long, you can't make $9.5 million. I don't care if it's year technically two. I don't care about that. You've now had – the COVID season, just listen to the take. I know that doesn't really count for anything. You've now had two losing seasons in three seasons. What are we paying you for? It, I, the recruiting class, if you look at it, it's like 36 in the country. It's real. Oh, okay. D'Antonio was like. Hold on. Can I say one thing? You act like we gave him $9.5 million when we signed him from Colorado. The $9.5 million came after 11 and 2. Came after 11 and 2. But now. I, I see what you're saying, but you can't retroactively. You can't retroactively go back and say the contract kicked in or the contract was given okay. before he succeeded. So, we'll say, so, okay, for sake of the argument. Then I'll go back to my argument and say, hey. You're making nine and a half million now. You cannot not make bowl games. Yep. Sorry for the double yep. oh, I complete, I could, You I can't not make bowl games. I don't care what year, year two, year one, year 70. I don't care if you're Joe Paterno, who was at Penn State forever. You can't not make bowl games and be a, like a top five highest paid coach in the nation. They're, they're, they're the Lane Kiffin extension. At an SEC school, who he's been, who he's taken a non-football program in the SEC, and he's made bowl games. He's been ranked year in and year out for the last two years. He's been there. He's not even making as much as Mel Tucker after his extension. I it's just what are we paying for? It has to be. It has to be at least nine wins this year. It has to be a complete makeover. I don't care if it's from the transfer portal, the recruiting class. Doesn't really like as much as he's gotten credit for. It's better, but it's still not good enough for what it should be. It should be a top twenty-five recruiting class year in and year out. It's not that right now. It needs to be. I don't care if you're a transfer portal coach. At the end of the day, like yeah, you can get good off the transfer portal, but has and have any of these elite coaches, elite elite, you know the Sabins, the Davos, the Jimbo's. They yeah yeah they they've been able to benefit from the transfer portal, but they build their program from recruiting. Transfer portal, the transfer portal is your luxury one, two pieces you're missing. Your transfer portal is not how you build the spine of a team. Right. It's an ancillary, 
ancillary tool. What it's a not term right, right there. What? What a law school term right there. Ancillary, secondary, whatever you want, whatever you want to use. No, uh, I agree with that. The only thing I'll say is I would lower it to eight wins, not nine. I think you go eight and four, you can get back on track. But I, I, I will say, short of that, you're you're starting to teeter into what's going on. Like if you have, a, if you sit here and they have another six and six season, you can't. They go no, to the pinstripe bowl again, like. I don't know, man. That's, no, that's no, okay. That's okay for D'Antonio, who who's a career coach and had already won a Rose Bowl or anything. This guy has had his best season as a head coach. Is is it behind him at this point? At ten and two, eleven and two. Oh, again, that's again. It, it's certainly premature. I, I I will say this, like you just said, get to the eight wins. You absolutely can't be bopping six and six. I mean, even seven and five, you can't really do that. It's you're at Michigan State talent wise, you beat six teams a year. And that's when yeah. you need you, you that's when you as a coach need to go find to win two more. It's yeah, and it's like you had the chance too. Like an I an Indiana team that won four games, five games this year in the week prior and lost that game. But yeah, uh, that's that was I hate Tom Allen. Um I'm just gonna leave it at that. But I wanna go on. Let's 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 get to the conference title games. Um you got Utah USC Friday night. Um, I don't know why they play Friday night, but they do. Um, you've got which is odd too because it'll be at like what eight, ten o'clock, eleven nah, o'clock. Uh, no, it's eight p.m. They're actually catering to the East Coast for once. Maybe it's that'll even odder then that they would do that on a Friday as opposed to a Saturday. I think maybe they're like trying to get some form of viewership because they realize that nobody watches football after ten p.m. other than college kids, and that's not yeah build the TV contract, but. Um, let's just say this to me, that game, we can talk about the other ones later, but I do want to focus on this because this, in my opinion, is the only game that matters. I yeah. think the three 12 and 0 teams are in, whether they win or lose. Uh, I don't think, again, even TCU, I don't think you should be able to drop out of the top five with a loss just because you were good enough to have to play a 13th game. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's stupid. Um, USC is the only one where winning you're in, losing you're out. Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, Utah. You, if correct me if I'm wrong, Utah's the only team that's beaten USC this year, right? Correct. Okay, so at least I mean, at least you got that going for you in the sense that it's very tough to beat good teams twice. So, mm-hmm. um, I would probably lean USC, and I'm not gonna lie, I probably hope USC just because I want a clean playoff. I want four clean teams. I don't want to hear about Ohio State's. I don't want to hear about Alabama's. Certainly don't want to hear about Tennessee. So I just want to say, I want four teams in move on. Um, yeah, I'd also like to see a clean. And I was thinking about this the other day. Like, yeah, Michigan uh, was there last year, but that'd be relatively four new teams. Or, well, Georgia's been there. Three new teams, which you don't usually get. It's yeah, two, usually two and a half. Two and a half. Call Michigan. Two and a half. We'll say Michigan is a half. Yeah, but, it would be. Yeah. It would so. it'd be, again, it'd be nice. And the other thing is, you're perfectly represented. You've got Georgia in the Southeast. You've got TCU taking up basically the, the tornado belt. You've got mm-hmm. your West Coast represented. And, if you have, and you have the North represented. I mean, it'll be, I think, kind of, unless I'm missing something way back in the early days, you will have a true kind of all four conferences represented. That involved the whole country represented. May, I think maybe 2014 might have had it with Oregon, Florida State, Alabama, and OSU. But. It's it it'll be it'll be cool to see. I think you're gonna have some cool fan engagement. I think you'll have some good numbers. Um, 
I also think uh, it went from being that, well, okay, we, we can get into some hypos, but Let's I go. think say, USC, say everyone take, I'm assuming, say everyone takes care of business, and that's a big if, and I, I granted you could probably say this about any year, but if that were to happen, this would got to be one of the clean, what looked like was going to be the messiest yep. top four would would be one of the cleaner ones. I think like, it would be, be no doubt. One. There'd be no doubt. I, yeah, I would say I think I think it would be the cleanest one, and I don't know. I think it's. I I really hope it happens because I can kind of push forward my like I, narrative. I think I'm kind of back on the, on the don't expand the playoff because like we can barely like what why why are we arguing for teams five? I mean, you look at you look at Utah and Kansas State who are nine and three ranked ten and eleven. Why do I want to watch them in the playoff? I. No bueno. Um. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, it'll it'll end up that way. I know that I'm I'm on the losing side of this argument. I just think you devalue everything way too much. Um, but as far uh, as as far as these four go, um, I don't know how you feel, but I I personally think really the only I think TCU handles Kansas State pretty easily. Personally, um, I think obviously Michigan doesn't have any problems, and I think Georgia. Will be LSU. I don't know how, if it'll, it'll it'll be closer than expected, but mm-hmm. uh, the only one I really worry about, and I actually think they are going to lose and they are going to cause chaos, is USC. Yeah, um, I could see it, and again, it's 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 tough to beat a good team twice. However, USC, as we've kind of said, is in year one of a team they're they're not very deep they're one injury away from saying wait a minute i don't have my guys here i'm still playing with someone someone who might be less talented they were one of the worst teams in america last year um the one thing i will see is if they lose i don't think it's really necessarily chaos i think you just slot ohio state up and you know, okay. I, I i don't i i know i've listened to a lot of people talk about a debate i don't think there is one Alabama, I, I heard a perfect analogy today. Alabama's best win is actually a loss this year. Everyone keeps saying, oh, well, we lost on the road. It's like, well, that can't be – you can't say, oh, I'm so good that my defining characteristic of the season is I lost twice. Yeah, is, is there two losses, basically. Yeah. They're like, they have, they have two really good losses, basically. It's, that can't – your argument for why you are good cannot be we weren't good enough on, on, on two different – on two separate days, not one separate day, two of them. Yeah, I don't think I don't think a two-loss team that didn't even make their conference championship game is going to be the first two-loss team to make it. I think, I mean, who knows when they expand it? Probably in the closer than latter. Twenty twenty-four uh, is, I believe, the targeted year. Twenty twenty-four. We'd have one, we'd have one I, more year of uh, say they never did. Like eventually, a two-loss team would find a way in it just by the numbers of it. Oh, yeah. but I like it's not going to be a two-loss non. Didn't even yep. make your conference championship. Like, yep. like no, if, if if you wanted a two loss team to go, it would have been Penn State in 2016. That was going to yeah. be your your that was your one year they were playing as good a football as anyone was in America. Um, they actually pretty sure they beat Ohio State that year. I don't know why Ohio State went after them, but actually that's probably because let me rephrase that. That's because the committee um the committee doesn't actually pick the best teams. They choose who to who they want, and then they create fabricated criteria to put them there, but. That, that, I'm also that looking a, at Alabama scores. Right they play now. close games. It's it's not they like all close games and really. I mean, they've beaten Mississippi State's ranked. They beat them by a lot. 
They have two ranked wins. That's it. Ole Miss is eight and four now. They only beat them by a touchdown. Like no, they beat Auburn by a lot. They stink. They lost to Tennessee. Beat Texas A&M in a close one. Killed to Arkansas. They suck. They're six and six. Vanderbilt stinks. UL Monroe stinks. Texas was a nail biter. Like yeah, you're right. The, the again the the perfect question. Like I I, I saw someone. Uh... I saw someone complaining, oh, Alabama was only two plays away from being 12-0. and 0. And the top reply was, and they were also three plays away from being 7-5, and 5, so shut up. And yeah. that's, I think that's probably the perfect way to end that. I really, I, yeah, I don't really have much more to say about college football. If you want to get the last word, go no, for that's, it. I, I think that's a good, good spot to end on. I, I think we're going well, to the NFL. NFL. Yeah. Um, I say let's just start with the Lions. Let's just go into it. That's our team. And um, – I know I've been saying this for a month and a half now. If the Lions got to Thanksgiving at four and seven, I would have been I would have bought back in, and I I, I will. I do believe that the, with the rest of the schedule, I think so, you you can add nine and eight. Okay, so I was looking at this because I originally thought think that the four and seven thing is is blasphemy, and then you've always said look at the schedule, look at the schedule. Yeah, I. I think the Jaguars game is a pick 'em where it's yep. kind of the, the two young frisky teams. Yep. Uh the Vikings is a loss. The Jets, we don't the Jets is whatever. We don't know yet. Yeah. The and then Panthers, I think you could, I think the last three games of the year are very winnable. Yeah. No, I mean, especially if Green Bay and Chicago shut down their quarterbacks and you end up playing whatever is behind Justin Fields in Chicago and what and Jordan Love. If you play those two guys, I mean you feel better about yourself. The Panthers are interesting because they're they like actively tried to tank and then they've won more games like, since then. Yeah, they're a game um, that's an interesting that. one. But um, again, yeah, the Jets again. I I mean the the Jets the Jets don't have a court. I mean Mike White had a very nice game. Is Mike White an NFL quarterback? I don't know. Um, and then even with the Vikings, I I know you're auto throwing a loss there. We played them in the first game straight up, and I understand that was six months ago. At this point, it was a different lifespan. Things have changed, obviously. But I don't I'm, think it's an auto, no. Yeah, that's At what I'm home. saying. Like, it's not some. I mean, it's not something where you can just say, "Wait a minute, well, why even show up?" Because it's the NFL, and you can never do that. And and it's at home. We've got a nice. We got. I think if you sit here and you beat Jacksonville and Minnesota, you're going to ride a lot of momentum into the end of the season. It'll be incredibly entertaining to watch. It'll be some meaningful games, which we haven't had in probably four years as Lions fans. But you know, it's I. I I think nine and eight is reasonable. I don't know if that's enough to get into the pl- into the playoffs because See, you are you are losing some head to heads. So I know Seattle's got the tiebreaker over you so, if you end up tied. Yeah, that's my biggest point with this is so, I I don't see us winning five personally. I think it's I think we end up like eight or eight and nine or seven and ten, yeah. um, which I'm whatever. Nine. I don't think it's impo- I don't think nine and eight is impossible. I don't know if nine and eight is good enough in the NFC. It depends on again. It de- I think it depends. There's going to be so many teams there, though. Yes, there will be. And again, I I don't know what happens when you start looking at multiple teams tied for the same record. But let's say Seattle falls apart, and I mean you have them lose to the Raiders last week. I don't know who they well, actually this week they play. What's left of the 49ers or the the 49ers, the Rams? So that's probably a win there because the Rams are dead, which also is good for the Lions. But 
you have the tiebreaker over both of the two NFC East teams. Actually, I guess you have the tiebreaker over uh, not not both of them, but not the Cowboys. Yeah, not the Cowboys because obviously Philadelphia's going that division, and then the Cowboys will be one. See, of them that's out. the problem. There could very easily be three teams in the playoffs from that division. But you have the tiebreaker over two of the three. You beat the Giants and the Commanders. So that's oh, what I'm four, saying. There could be four teams. I forgot there, about the Commanders. Yeah, there could be four, but what I'm saying is you have the tiebreaker over two of the three teams. Right. So again, I don't know what happens. Back. No, I don't know what happens if you're if there's 17 teams at nine and eight. I don't know. Do they start looking at strength or record rugby? But if it's two teams tied at nine and eight, and it's us and one of those two teams, we're going. But you look at, I mean, you could go into some remain like Commanders are go Commanders go Giants by Giants. Okay. 49ers, Browns, Cowboys. That could easily be. I mean, Browns with Deshaun. That could easily be. One and four the yeah, rest of the no. way. I mean, I think in that situation, you probably have to hope that one of those two teams sweeps the other. So you either get two commanders wins or two giants wins. If they split, I think that's, de- that's detrimental to you. Or I guess and then you look, at, you look at the giant schedule. It's commanders, Eagles, commanders, Vikings, Colts, Eagles again. So that's, that's at not least a... three losses in there. Yeah, no, again, like I said, if you can get one of the two teams, whether it be Giants or Commanders to sweep the other one and give them two losses, I think you I think you've got a I think you got a shot, but the Seahawks don't have much left, I'll be honest. They play the no. Chiefs and the Niners, but outside of that they go Rams, Rams, Jets, um Panthers. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Maybe Seattle jumps us, and at that point, they obviously they hold the tiebreaker and they'll get us. But knowing the, the other thing that I will say that's beneficial, and like I don't know if this is some like I don't call it a nostalgia award, but like some like mental award is the Rams suck, and the Rams are going to suck. So it doesn't matter how many games you win, you're gonna have a good draft pick. Yeah, because Rams... I mean Allen well, Robinson, Allen Robinson out for the year. Cooper Cup out for the year, or not basically out for the year. Um, Stafford. Stafford is in concussion protocol. They don't know when he's coming back. I just saw that Aaron Donald got ruled out for uh, this upcoming weekend. I mean, I, there's what's left on that team, right? I, I again, I, maybe you look at maybe we look at their schedule and maybe they steal a win somewhere, but you're potentially looking at a top five pick. And a possible playoff push or possible, oh, we tried and we actually gained some momentum and there is something to build off of. Yeah, I mean, I kind of look at it now with, like, the schedule because I still think, I mean, you could go all Lions and lose out and you could still be picked. I don't know. To me, it's like with four wins now, you're not going to be a top three pick for sure. Probably not. So. You might as well give it a shot at this point if you're not going to be a top three or four pick. Because right now, I think, say they go all lines and they win one more and they win five and they they end up picking five or six. Like, what's the difference between picking sixth and 11th when it really comes down to it? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously five spots of a better player, but. Right. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, again, I think the Lions, I've, I, I'm not going to sit here and blindly say, oh, they've completely changed my mind because. I still have questions over Dan Campbell. He, I still wonder what he does at times with timeouts, with this, with that. I, I don't understand it. But they obviously do play for him, and you're about to get Jamison Williams back, which is going to be a welcome addition over 
on a team that used to have Josh Reynolds run its deep routes because Josh Reynolds is not good at football. Let's put it that way. Um, he's not. And so I'm glad that they're actually bringing him back. I know there was talk where I mean, maybe this was also when we were losing, we were one and six and it's like, well, why risk it? Maybe now when you think, Oh, there's something possibly on the line, you bring him back. But I think you had to play Jamison Williams this year at, at all costs because you actually have to see if he's good. Like just because you're very good at football on Saturday does not mean you're going to be fo- good at football on Sunday. Signed Kevin White, Calvin Benjamin, Justin Blackman, and we can go on and on, Jalen Rager, whatever it might be. So it, it'll be nice to watch him play. It'll be nice to see that quote-unquote game-breaking speed that he has. Um, and the defense has made strides. Kirby Joseph plays very well. Hutchinson's playing well. Rod- Rodrigo's good. Um, I would still like to see more speed on the defense because I can't keep watching average mobile quarterbacks pull away from Alex Anzalone. I can't. I'm going to lose my mind if I do. Um, yeah, and I I actually thought the defense did a fine job for most of that game on well, they did. what was no. it a week from tomorrow. Well, yeah, no, it was a, it was, it was, it was a good game. It's uh, one of those where you, you kind of wonder some of the play calls third and one. Why are you throwing the ball to Canada? Not really, not really sure. Yeah, it reminded me of the Vikings game. Yeah, um, you led a lot of it, or were no. in a lot of it, and then against probably a superior team and then just they found a way to be better than I would I mean I again I would just go and say forget about like you you were in a lot of it both the Vikings games and the Bills games were games we should have won yeah they in Minnesota Dan Campbell completely lost his head and then with the Bills game I'm not gonna say he lost his head again would I have ran a different play on third and one maybe would I have ran a different play on fourth and one with timeouts in the bag probably I might not be kicking a field goal yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, okay. uh, cool. And then at the same I, time, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'll let you finish. I was gonna say, and at the same time, though, you, if you're the defense, they got 20 seconds. I don't. Please cover somebody. The only thing yeah. to prevent deep. This, I, I'd love to see some sports psychology kind of like thesis from someone who says, why do teams go full sissy mode when they feel like they have something to protect? You spent the entire game frustrating the Buffalo Bills. And when there's 20 seconds left, you drop back into some soft cover two, and Stefan Diggs is open 40 yards down the field. What are you doing? Yeah. You you were playing pretty good football for 59 minutes and 50 seconds, and nobody got behind you. Why do you magically think that in those last 10 seconds someone's going to get behind you? Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic you talk about psychology-wise because you're probably told in that drop back, prevent cover, whatever, soft cover two – you're probably told, hey, like, just make a tackle, keep them in yeah, front of you. Keep them in balance. Does that, like, does that like turn, like, your brain – like, they're, like, like your aggressive football brain turns off. So it just kind of – so I don't understand slower it. And, yeah. I, I, I saw the same thing today when I was watching some of the World Cup games for soccer, and I was screaming my head off because Poland played, like, terrorists and didn't even try and actually play soccer. They were like, well, we can draw this game and still go through. So why should we try? And it, it's the same thing. It's when you think you have no, when you think you have something to lose. Instead of attacking to protect it, you defend. And I don't I don't get it. it, yeah. it I mean, it's it's one of those. The best form of defense is offense. If if I have the ball or if I'm attacking you, you can't be attacking me because I have the ball. There's not two balls on the field. Generally speaking, if you have the ball, the other team can't score. 
they can obviously not. that's not an exact science because you can score on yourself, but yep. <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't know, that's for all that's for all sports. It's the right. same thing whenever some team in basketball goes up by 15 points in the fourth quarter and they start running their little lollipop uh, washing machine offense circling around the three-point line before throwing yeah, a you stupid know, shot and giving up 12 points in four seconds. Shout you know out what that, State. Actually, you know what that reminds me of is Michigan <laughs> State basketball against any kind of press when they're down <laughs> and they decide to just turn it over before they <laughs> can even get to half court. And they let a team like Portland Score 11 points in the last... And hold on a second. Portland had five Larry Birds on the other team. I don't yeah, want to hear was, Yeah, that was crazy. Those I guys like, didn't miss. They, like, I will say, they were 5-2, and two and they had beaten Villanova by, like, 20 the game before, so... <laughs> oh, no, nah, it was an entertaining time, but... Wait, hold on a second. If Portland had lost, would we have played Villanova twice in a week? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um... Uh, Michigan State basketball, you want to talk about, like, getting too high, is all those teams now. So we're down to 20 now. We play Notre Dame tonight. Uh, <laughs> we played Gonzaga. They have two losses. They're down to, like, 17. We played Kentucky. They have two losses. I think they're 19th. Uh, Villanova, who is ranked to start, has three losses. They're now nowhere near ranked. Like, it's kind of like, oh, after what seemed like a good start. The only thing I can say, which goes for football, but especially basketball, given kind of how it's a little bit more high turnover, you play more games, get rid of preseason polls. For the love of God, they are useless. You've got 40% of every team. Again, I'm throwing this up. I'm not going to, like, fully exaggerate it, but I would assume that 30 to 40% of every team between basketball and football is completely different than the team last year. Stop using, stop using last year as a metric. Guess I what? I think my favorite one, especially for basketball, was that Memphis team. Was it last year with Jalen Duran and Amani oh, Bates? with all the uh, with all the kids, yeah, yeah, we're like like fifth to start the season, yep. and they they lost like they were like one game away from not even making the tournament. Yep. No, I, I completely just. And it's like the other thing is they're like, oh, well, that was so good. Guess what? Chet Holmgren does not play for Gonzaga anymore. What yeah. do you do? Like, I think preseason polls are the stupidest thing ever. Not because they they also they don't count for anything. It's the fact that they're dumb, but they do count for something. Later on in the year, same thing with football. You're gonna say, well, the preseason poll said Michigan State played a really close game against the number one team in, in basketball. Did they? Right. Do we know Gonzaga is that when yeah, it's they're... the first game of the season? Yeah, Gonzaga has seven losses and it's not even ranked anymore. They're going to be a nine seed. Oh, it's seven losses. Gonzaga doesn't get in, but actually, they yeah, might because the stupid preseason poll. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, last note we want to get to today is some World Cup talk. Oh yeah. Uh, so I... that's been going on for the last ten days. I'll kind of let you. Uh, take the floor with that. I'll, I'll chip in on what I've seen. It has. I have much, been but... a non-contributing zero at work. I mean, I have been a non-contributing zero at work. I was. I actually got a text message from my phone a couple days ago. It was like, "You've used seventy-five gigabytes of data," and it's like oh, wow. my phone, my my little like phone plan doesn't roll over until December tenth. So I used seventy-five gigabytes of streaming soccer games in the span of like 15, about seventeen days. <laughs> 
So tell us, Mr. Game. Yeah, so when we get to the actual game. So you've got at this point, we've got half of the World Cup bracket um set for the for the knockouts or for round one, as our good friend Easton would say. Round um, one. Baby. Round one. Um again, as of right now, the teams that have qualified from group A, Netherlands and Senegal, from group B, England and the United States, group Woo. C, Argentina, Poland, and then group D. France and Australia. So to talk about the game specifically, um, I kind of came into this tournament thinking you're kind of your best teams were probably France, Brazil. Um, I, I, I thought it kind of stopped and started with those quote unquote best teams. Um, I've been doing some, I'm not going to call it soul searching, but I've been doing some talking with some friends and I think that I've kind of approached the, uh, the view of the international game from probably the wrong angle. I kind of I kind of view France and Brazil as those best teams because they're complete at every position, and I I think I'm looking at it from the kind of the club team perspective. With when you're looking at your kind of the best European teams, but that's not really fair because as a national team, you don't really get to buy new players. You have a select pool, and that's what you have to deal with. So most teams will have weaknesses, and so I, I know I, there are certain things where I've just said this team is trash. This team is trash. To actually go into that, I think Netherlands sucks. But they won their group, and we're gonna, they're going to play the U.S. And I think it's a very winnable game for the United States. I, I again, there's there's not that many players that that play in the top European teams. You 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 have you have more talent than the U.S. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's all oh, well. Why even show up to the game? Right. So, Speaking of how the U.S. got there, I mean, uh, the tie Wales in game one, then yep. the. The zero zero game that I sat through against yep. England and then the win yesterday. Yep. No, it's and that's also part of the uh kind of the sports psychology thing that I'd want to bring in. Uh one of the Denmark players had a really good quote. It's it's going into the last game, knowing what you have to do is a very liberating feeling. Yeah. Because you have one tactic and you stick with it. It's you win, you're in, you lose, you draw, you're out. Um that's that was the United States' scenario with Iran. You knew what you had to do. You set out a team to do it. There have been other games where a prime example was uh, Ecuador and Senegal. Ecuador came into that game a point ahead of Senegal, and so they're thinking to themselves, well, I could win the game and go through, or I could tie the game and go through. And so they think to themselves, well, maybe we should defend more. Like I just said, we're the ones who have something to lose. Maybe we should defend. And Senegal hammered them for about Mm. 80% of that game. And in the end, Senegal won. And I, I think part of the psychology there was Senegal knew we have to beat this team. If we don't beat the team, we're going home. They set right. out with a team to do that. Meanwhile, Ecuador sets out with some team, but then something goes wrong. You got to start changing that team up to to change for the new scenario. So I think there is a little bit of a mental advantage there, knowing what you have to do. Um, obviously, that's completely straight away from the actual games and what's going on. But again, you, the United States. Uh, not, not really again, but the United States has one of the weaker quadrants I think I've ever seen. Um, it got a little bit tougher with with Argentina beating Poland today. Um, Poland played one of the worst games I think I've ever seen. Poland plays some of the worst soccer I think I've ever seen. Uh, they don't try. They just no. I, I'm not kidding. It's defend with nine people in the box. You've got your striker Robert Lewandowski forward. It's kick it to him hope that he can body up the other team's center back, maybe get a foul so you can, like, get up the field. That's all they do. It's terrible. And so they have to go play play France. I hope France 
bumps them. I, I want no part of watching Poland play. Um, you had some huge drama today where um, in in that same group, you had Poland playing against Argentina and Saudi Arabia playing Mexico. Uh, all four of those teams uh, were, were, were either were, – were, none of them were safe and none of them were eliminated. So everyone was playing for something. It was kind of a spectacle to see. It was kind of disappointing. I could only watch one game at a time being at work. I would have preferred to have kind of both screens so I could dual uh, kind of split monitor. But um, as the as the as the time was kind of counting down, you had Poland losing two nothing to Mexico or Poland losing two nothing to Argentina, Mexico winning two nothing against Saudi Arabia, and at the time they they were tied on all of the uh, on all the kind of the tiebreakers. So I mean, you would have Argentina at six points going through, and then Mexico and Poland would have been on four points. So both teams would have had the same, where both teams had the same goal difference, both teams had the same goals scored, and both teams had, or and so the third tiebreaker then becomes quote unquote fair play. So as things were going into the dying stages, Poland was through because they had less yellow cards accumulated over three games than Mexico did. Are you kidding me? That's the tiebreaker. Actually, that makes sense because oh, I just feel like, well, I guess other sports are kind of the same way i i just actually oh, yeah. it, it makes sense because there was a tournament when i was a kid not to get all boomer on us but like <laughs> back in my day we were pretty young yep uh i want to say we either did move on or we didn't move on in like just in some tournament because the either us or the other team had less penalty minutes yeah so, so that's okay crazy. so that's you're not having penalty though. minutes what you're not having penalty minutes? That's crazy. That's why I said I don't remember if it was our team that moved on because of it or the other. Because it's yeah, very annoying no, me. Again, yeah. this is not – it's not like this is obviously the first tiebreaker. That's that's not it. You start with how many points you have, then you move to goal difference, then you move to goal scored, and then afterwards you move to yellow cards. Yeah. There can't be so, much – there isn't much else really measured. Yeah. Well, so goal, shots on goal. Oh, no, they were talking about it. If they were – if they had ended up tied on – uh, yellow cards, they would have gone to drawing sticks. So what if what if uh, so what if they had the same amount of yellows, but one team has a red? I think they might go to red cards, and then they go to the drawing sticks method. But in the end, it didn't matter because Saudi Arabia in the dying minutes, as Mexico was pushing for another goal because they needed it for goal difference, they got scored on. And what's interesting is that actually didn't even change the dynamic that much because had Mexico scored afterwards, the goal difference would have been the same, but they would have had an extra goal scored, and that would have put them through. Mm-hmm. So it was just, again, very frantic end. It was really cool to watch. Um, wish I would have been able to watch uh, both because just kind of having that split screen back and forth, it's just it's really entertaining. But that's kind of Group C, or that's, that's Group D. No, that's Group C. Group D is... France, Tunisia, Australia, Denmark. Um, it was, I mean, not exactly the uh, the star-studded group. I mean, I think Tunisia, Australia, and Denmark are trash. Um, you have Australia going through. Um, I think Argentina will murder them and walk into the quarterfinals. I don't. I just Australia just. They, they don't really play soccer. They don't have talent. It's probably like the United States was 12 years ago. Um, 
I don't even want to say developing because I don't know if they have the infrastructure and the interest in that country to develop. It's just that yeah. they qualify. They kind of just want to go. Yeah. Well, they well they qualify for every World Cup because in their region of Oceania they have to qualify against like they have to qualify against like New Zealand, Tahiti, and then afterwards they play against like the fifth place South American team. So I know Australia beat Peru to get there. Um, I think it's the penalties, but there's really not much to talk about there. Um. I think we let's let's talk about the U.S. That's kind of the big one. Um, that match against Iran was awesome. Um, they've actually, I, I will say, the United States has kind of impressed me. Um, maybe I'm looking at this from the old perspective, or maybe I'm still looking at it from like the European club perspective, where I don't believe in many of the players. Um, I just don't think there's a lot of talent, but it doesn't matter if you go through and you play well, and they play right. very well. They their their center defensive mid Tyler Adams is amazing um dude runs around doesn't stop he covers for everyone he makes everyone look better he's so good um where's he play? listening what where's he play his club uh he plays for Leeds, if i'm not mistaken uh, okay i he might be hold on i know pulisic plays for chelsea is anyone yep. else in the premier league yeah okay so oh, yeah tyler adams plays for kinney's on Leeds too no, McKenney plays for Juventus. Brendan Aronson is at Leeds. You have uh, Tim Ream, uh, one of the center backs. He plays for um, he plays for Fulham. Um, okay. After that, Matt Turner plays for Arsenal, but he's the backup there, so it's kind of a plays, quote-unquote. Um, yeah. He's actually got an incredible story. I- I'm sure you probably didn't know this. So eight years ago, he was – or he actually started playing soccer in high school. Okay. He ended up going to a smaller, I think it was like D3, might have even been NAIA school. He ended up being the number one play on ESPN's not top 10 for a play. <laughs> and eight years later, he's in the World Cup, and he has not let up, or he's only let up one goal off a penalty. So it's, it's, it's really impressive. He's, he's uh, played really well. Um, I remember them saying that he wasn't like, he was kind of this. Uh... Like they weren't sure who the goalie was going to be, and he just oh, yeah. kind of has just played played his way into the yeah, spot. Late bloomer. Um, he's played pretty well. He's 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 been pretty good distributing the ball. That's one thing that in the modern game you really have to do because if your goalie can play with his feet, you you almost get that extra guy because you're you're, you're effectively playing eleven on ten when you have the ball because your your goalie can pick pick out some passes. It's not just kick it up the field as hard as he can. Yeah, so, this is dumb old guy reading. Uh, just listening, just pointing at clouds. But I did notice that England's goalie could kick it really far. Uh, I think with Jordan Pickford, maybe. Um, I'm not gonna. I, I don't really watch much of Jordan Pickford, to, to be honest. But I could buy it. I mean, it, it's it's pretty insane how far some of these guys can 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 kick the ball. But yeah. no, so it was a great it was a great game for them. They did what they had to do. Uh, Christian Pulisic sacrificed his future children for the entire country. <laughs> Shout out to him. Shout um, out. That was that was very nice of him. Um, <laughs> But is he going to be able to play? Uh, they, they're calling him day to day. They they call it a pelvic contusion is the uh, right. medical term that he's got right now. But they say he's day to day. Um, I don't know. I'm not good. I haven't really heard any further updates. I'm sure that Friday you might get you might get more more news considering kind of right? Yeah, you you probably would want him playing. He's he's probably your second best player. Uh, I would yeah. have said he was your best player going into it, but Tyler Adams is amazing. Um, that, that that dude just does so much. Um, I was gonna say for those for those listening who might who might who might hear this, 
He reminds me of a Leicester City and Golo Conte. He was just everywhere running around doing the work for three people. Um, it was great. But uh, it's it, again, like I said, the Netherlands is a beatable team. Uh, the United States could be playing Argentina in a quarterfinal. That'll be a lot of fun to watch should it happen. But um, I don't really have too much more enough for the World Cup. I mean, half of the half of the final games haven't happened. You've got games mm-hmm. going on tomorrow and then Friday, and then the round of 16 starts on Saturday. But um, there's not really much to say about that. It's, it's nice because it's kind of that continuation of everyday games. They'll, they'll be playing every day until the quarterfinals end, and then you've got, I think, a couple days rest before you get to the semifinals, which... Well, I think it was, we was talking to you about this. I might not be able to watch, so I'm gonna have to go deep into my bag of tricks to to scheme my way out of that. So for those who might not be aware, um, I'm most almost certainly getting sent to Arizona for a work trip, and as the dates currently stand, that would be during the week of the semifinals. So I'd be traveling Monday, December 12th, and then work would begin the, on Tuesday, and that is the date of the first semifinal, and I don't want to miss that. Um, you know, I get one World Cup every four years. There'll be plenty of time to advance my career, so got to figure something out. <laughs> uh, that's one way to look at it, but okay. Uh, so we'll see on a podcast that week then. And that'd be awesome if we do a little podcast from uh, a podcast from Arizona. Yeah. Me in the hotel yeah. room. I know Aaron likes to say my room looks like a jail cell, but my room will really look like a jail cell if I'm doing it from the hotel. I don't know why he says that now. Well, maybe the first couple weeks we did this. Well, also, he can't see this anymore because we don't put him on YouTube. That's true. Uh, that's probably why. Uh, I, for those of you listening, just looking at it now, is it doesn't look so j- – you just got like a very – gray color and then yeah it's a gray color and i don't hang stuff on my wall so yeah like, i i mean i i absolutely could like again it's actually kind of entertaining i mean this you, you'll see this so my diploma is still in the thing that they mailed me i have not gotten a frame for it yet. oh god it's still in the thing i was gonna say my mine's just sitting in a box under my bed but i do have a frame for it. it's sitting in a frame under my bed <laughs> yeah shows how much i care about uh michigan state university little bastards but um no it's it's interesting uh it's been a magical world cup i'd probably say i've missed probably two games that i think i i I slacked and i fell asleep for one of the 5 a.m games because i think we were out late that late one night beforehand and then today i missed a couple games just because i actually was not able to physically watch two games at once but i've been all over it um i'm sure my work productivity is gonna suffer from it and I'll have to actually do work afterwards, but it's well worth it. The The World Cup's a magical time. I know there was obviously a lot of scandals and controversies with human rights, whatnot, but once you start playing the game, you kind of forget about all that, and I think that's kind of evidence. And same thing with the United States. Anytime some athlete gets a controversy and then it goes away and they step back onto the field and nobody cares anymore. We just, at yeah. the end of the day, we, we as humans just want to be entertained and watch the sport that we enjoy. Yeah, I got nothing to add on that here. I was gonna let you take the soccer stuff. So. Oh, I was gonna. Oh, actually, speak. Why don't you give me some of your from from what from the games that you've watched? What have you What have you seen? Let's let's well, get the let's the get the mind of uh, let's watched, get the let's get the acute. I watched the I watched the first two U.S. games. Uh, I watched. I caught like the end of that 
the Saudi Arabia upset. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched like a couple of random games last week when they were on, just like and not full games, just like I'd watch like 10, 15 minutes and go do something else. Yep. Um, yeah, the only the only two games I've watched zero to ninety are the the first two U.S. games, and then I'd class during the Iran game, so I watched I watched the last like fifteen minutes of that, but that's about it. Yeah, no, that that's tough. That uh, if I know if I was kind of still again graduate school, maybe a little bit different than undergrad. If I was in my undergrad, I I would be there would be zero school getting done. I'm also like, yeah, like if if there was some like of like. It's also like the World Cup isn't quite as big of a thing for me. Yeah, personally. that's true. Like, that's true. So like, if it was like, I don't know, some NFL football or like Michigan State was in some weird thing where they like were fighting for their lives against like March Oxford and London like in basketball, I would like, I yeah, I'd probably be just as into. I'd probably wouldn't watch as much. It's also like, and if they were at night too, like if, if these games were on now, I can flip. Oh yeah, look it on. Just turn off the volume and do school with it. Yep, but that's true. During um, the day, I actually have to be in the morning. I have to be B places where I can't actually watch most of them. So I, I did. I, I it's hard to say like which games I watched because I, I did flick on so many. My brother and my dad are also pretty into it. So, um, they're both pretty big soccer fans. So, I like they were. It was always on, but I was kind of mm-hmm. in one ear out the other on that. Some of my yeah. observations. Um, Qatar looks very clean. Um, so it's still soccer still drives me crazy, and I know it should because if you watch the hockey game, they regroup and shit all the time. But the amount of regrouping is insane. You know what I mean by regrouping? Like you kick it back to the goalie or one of the D. Like you go backwards, yeah, basically. It's, it's a very it's it, it's almost like a chess match. It's not just again. I think football is maybe the prime example. Is football you run, someone tackles you, and you try again. There is no recycling. It's not. I'm gonna right. go turn around and lateral it back to my quarterback, and we'll see if we can try it again. To try yeah. it again is when the play starts again. So yeah, it's a very. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to necessarily fully call it fluid because at times it's stagnant, and you just got center backs passing it amongst each other as no one pressurizes that or pressures them. So at times it can be very fluid and kind of fast paced and very entertaining to watch. But at times it can just be an absolute snooze fest or God forbid you watch Poland play a game and you're like, well, who let these guys? Like if if you get the chance, I think Poland will be playing France on Sunday. So if you get the chance, preferably early up, I mean, even at any point. Just, you told me gonna, not to. You told me they stunk. Why would I? Why would I? Watch no, them? I was gonna say watch them just to see how anti like life they are. Like they don't play the sport. They just sit there yeah. with ten guys in the box and hope to. They, they the ball is gonna start. Like France is gonna kick off the open. Like kick off the game, and it's gonna be like all right, lads, let's play for let's play for penalties. There's gonna be no thought about actually trying to attack France. There's gonna be no thought about trying to beat France in regulation. It's just gonna turn into. Let's get to penalties. Let's time waste while we're tied. They're just yeah, I almost made a World War II stuff. joke there, but I felt like that'd be inappropriate. Um, what? Uh, I was going to make a World War II joke there, but I felt like that'd be inappropriate. Oh, go for it. Uh, something they're free now. Yeah, true. Uh, the other thing about soccer before we go is I appreciate it, and I kind of like kind of rock with it. Is the it's like a. It's like a theater show. You're you're gonna laugh at me, but it's like like all like like all everyone is so like formal and so it's like the most for like 
like it's like you clap like you do the little golf clap when you when you get subbed out like to the crowd like there's <laughs> like they did like the strut like the jumping on the sidelines before you go in it looks like a video game it's so like 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 formal and fake and it's like it's like they get up and they like they do a wave to the crowd to make sure everyone knows they're okay and like the ref is so dramatic with his calls he's like no no yeah, no, no you go there you go there that's one thing that really annoys me about certain referees is some of them are very immersed in like you just said the show and the spectacle of right. it and they will show, like, yeah. instead of just making a call they'll they'll emphasize their hands they'll run around and then throw their hands out and it's like dude like this is not about you like in an ideal world if you're a referee i don't want to know your name what i want to yeah. know is you called the game and you didn't do which it. is it's hard to do in soccer because like they do have it like they got to run around the whole time. It's just them out there. It's the other guy just waves the flag and calls off sides, but out yeah, of bounds. That's too. a little do bit more call, than that, but do they call out of bounds too? Yeah, those guys call out of. I mean, yeah, the, the sideline refs. Will, I mean, they call anything. Like if they see a foul, they'll throw their flag in the air. They'll. Oh, can they? Yeah, oh yeah, they can call fouls. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's an, it's a, it's an entertaining it's an entertaining. Another thing to um, know, and I'm sure a, a more professional or knowledge, you know, and say professional knowledgeable soccer fan would be able to attest to this is the uh, abundance of free time or extra time they've been given. I know so, they're emphasizing it, but it feels like are they literally just counting every? They can't be just counting every little second. Like, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what formula they're using for coming up with the with the with their numbers. I, I do know I, I've I've read I've listened to interviews and I've kind of read some books in the past about like um, in Europe specifically with like within the top five leagues in UEFA they kind of have their own little formula where if you see a substitution get made you just kind of say well we're gonna add thirty seconds on if okay. you see something happen we're gonna add X amount of time I think this year has been a little bit more along the lines of we're gonna try and time how long the ball is actually out of play to yeah. make sure that a the fan gets their money's worth b the players stop time wasting which is an incredible annoyance mm-hmm. and just see like you have like i'm gonna say an overall better product but like you add a little bit more drama because like the entire lead up is to the 90th minute and then when you can add some more if you can get 10 extra minutes for like perfect example usa iran when you saw that nine come up you're like wait there's nine more minutes of this so yeah. i think it's just a good way to continue to build the drama and to be honest i i like it um for very for far too long, people with substitutions would they know they know what they know what they're doing. They're time wasting. I like the fact that they're trying to I'm not gonna say punish it, but at least hold it accountable. They're they're right. they're just actively saying, listen, you want to walk off the field in a minute and a half? We're gonna add a minute and a half on. And I and I I, I enjoy that. I think it has kind of gone down a little bit in the sense that in the first couple games, and I think this was more of just them kind of trying to like lay down the law before scaling back on it but in the first couple games you were seeing 9 10 12 i saw 14 and i was like wow the last couple games at least the ones i watched today still higher than usual but i I was looking at six five four seven so i think they've i think they kind of used that opening kind of round opening three four days to kind of let teams know what their plan was and hopefully say you police yourself we don't want to be the ones doing it for you so okay. I, I do enjoy that. Okay, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I got in the World Cup. Yeah, no, I, I we'll have, we'll have more next week. Um, 
hopefully we make hopefully next week uh actually i don't see why it wouldn't be but next week will kind of be a usual tuesday wednesday whenever we find the time and well, next week we'll know the college football playoff. We'll know a little bit more about the Lions season, I think, because I think if you do lose to the Jaguars this weekend, I, I think you have to bounce back on the I'm out train. Yeah. Um. So I think next week kind of provides us with a little bit more clarity on uh, where our sports teams are going and what kind of sports we will be watching with who with who's participating. So I'm I'm, I'm excited. Um. Kind of, I don't have much more to add. This has kind of been a longer episode. I need some water after talking for so long. I'll, I'll leave the last words to you. No, uh, I don't got much for you. If you made it this far into a longer episode, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time uh, cooking up uh, ideas and obviously just talking about sports is something we like to do. So uh, we're glad you want to do that with us. So thanks, fellas. All right. Or girls, Bye, if you're watching. <laughs>